All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm really excited to bring on our next guest. Her name is Erica Stolman from Fashion Lush. Erica is seriously one of my favorites because not only did she enter into the blogging space in the very beginning, but she is just this boss ass bitch when it comes to graphic design, brand identity, and just any digital trend that you can think of. Erica's always been on the forefront of anything that involves high fashion, styling, photo shoots, blogging, and just all over design. She's somebody that I literally look to for inspiration when it comes to graphic design and brand identity, and she doesn't really hold anything back. I think that's what's so refreshing about her and that always keeps her so cutting edge. Erica talks about everything on her blog from fashion, DIY, lifestyle, and she even made her own freaking presets. So like I said, this girl is just an overall badass. She's been an OG blogger for a really long time, and she started her own business with her best friend, Lauren Everett's Bostick, called Blog Do. I'm really excited to have her on. She's also somebody that I actually personally asked her to come speak at our last conference in San Diego called Influence San Diego. And she spoke really openly about, you know, just her and, you know, being in business as well as kind of being one of the only bloggers that openly talks about marijuana. She has this awesome side on her blog called the Mary Jane Diaries. And she just freaking owns it. She also moonlit an Instagram account called Fashion Kush for like a super long time that I didn't even realize that it was her behind all of it until she kind of came out and was like, yeah, this is me. So she's just an amazing, amazing creative. She's hilarious. I'm obsessed with her and her mom, Linda. I actually got to hang out with them at Create and Cultivate LA for the day. And I literally didn't stop laughing the entire time. So she's a gem. I'm really excited to have her on. And I'm so thankful that she's just going to come on and get real with us. Under the Influence Podcast is all about bringing together brands, influencers, thought leaders, and communities to inspire and empower a positive impact. Each week, I will dive into the power of influence over the ever-changing, trend-chasing, and slightly obsessed entrepreneurial and influencer community. We talk insider tips, tricks, the latest buzz, and even our top not-so-secret happy hour cocktails. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement, and we are about to get under the influence. Hello and welcome to Under the Influence Podcast. My name is Whitney Eckes. I'm the owner and founder of both Eckes Marketing and the Influence Movement. I am so fucking pumped to have this guest on. Erica is somebody that just kills the game, not only in branding and design, but just in fashion and blogging and being this unbelievable blogger influencer. So Erica, welcome to the show. Thank you. That was so nice of you to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I mean, it's 100% totally true. And I kind of actually got to meet you when we were going through um, Influence San Diego and you actually came and spoke at our conference. And I feel like you just kind of owned the conference panel by just oh talking about and being real and so I'm, I'm really excited to have you on and just get that same realness. Me too. And thank you for having me on the panel and for being our buddy at Create and Cultivate. 
I know. I I talked a little bit about it in the intro. I was like, I got to hang out with them. I don't think I stopped laughing for like five minutes. (laughs) My mom's hilarious. She's so good. Dude, Linda, I live for her. Like, I live for her. I saw her yesterday and I miss her so much. I can't even handle it. Oh my God. And your guys' relationship is just like the best. Like it's amazing. She's, she's one special lady. She's lucky to have her. (laughs) So Erica, tell us a little bit about how you got started with Fashion Lush. I mean, you were kind of this like OG blogger, like way back when like blogging, like wasn't even like really a thing yet. I know. And it's so funny because the start of my blog is like such an example of how blogging was a thing because I did not know what I was doing. Um, it's funny because like a lot of people I know who have started a blog in the past four, three to five years went in with like a business plan and this whole, you know, idea of their brand and all this stuff. And I, when I went into blogging, I went in like total hobby, had no plan, didn't know what I was doing. So yes, I started really, really early. Um, and then it took like three years for me to like figure because at the time when I started I was in college I was in my junior year of college and honestly and I tell this the same story all the time is I had this Dell laptop and I saved so many photos of outfits and Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen and shoes I wanted and things that inspired me and my Dell laptop ran out of space and that's why I literally started a blog because I needed somewhere to put things like it was like my cloud server um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I like started as like my little cloud server. Um, but I wrote and I talked about things that inspired me, but there was no other examples out there. So I didn't know, like, you know, I didn't think I'm going to post my outfit and people are going to care. I mean, back then you, you, you took a picture and it was with your friends. It wasn't ever of yourself, like, and what you were wearing. So back then I sound like I'm ancient <laughs> <laughs> way back when. No. Um, but still, so I didn't have any example to follow. And then as blogging got bigger and more people were blogging and doing this, I was like, okay, so, you know, I can post an outfit and people might like it. So I started doing some original content. And then when I graduated college, like there was no conversation of like, be a blogger. That was like, not that still wasn't like a career choice. So my mom was, of course, you know, let's like, no time to find a job, time to get in the real world, they say. (laughs) So I started working in a social media marketing agency. And I think that like, although I hated working in a nine to five office job, I don't think that I was just like, I don't think that my makeup was made for that. Like, it's just not, I can't wake. I didn't like waking up early. I didn't like the commute. I didn't like having to, you know, make money for someone else. Like it was just not my vibe. But learning social media and like dipping my toe in that pond after college was like really what made me realize I wanted to be a blogger. So I would, I, the company was a couponing company and they had like a face of the company, which was this like 40 year old mom. And she was a cartoon. I was the voice of the cartoon. So (laughs) it was really strange. Her name was cheap Sally. Uh, I was cheap Sally. It was strange, but we worked with a lot of mommy bloggers. And at that time, that was the money making industry in the blog world. I feel like the mommy bloggers in, you know, I think this I want to say 2009 or 10 were like killing it. So we worked with all these mommy bloggers and I could see kind of the back end of how they were making an income and a really good income. So as I was working, 
this social media job, I started bringing my, like bringing my blog to work basically because I had no other time to blog. So my lunch breaks, I would ask, I would ask my fellow coworkers, like, I'll take you to lunch. If you take some photos of me on like, you know, what was it? My iPhone four. Um, <laughs> it was like horrible photos, take some photos of me. Or I had this other coworker who could braid hair. So I said, I'll buy you lunch and I'll have it brought in. If you can braid this person's hair and I'm going to take photos. And I was just doing anything to get content while I was working a full-time job. So eventually I, I was doing that for a while. And eventually the company laid off the entire cheap Sally department because that was a venture that didn't have a long life. Obviously it was weird. So <laughs> it was a strange thing. So, uh, when I got laid off, like I remember being in a room and everyone was crying and really upset and I felt bad for them. But I was like, what? Like, this is a blessing. Like we all get unemployment we get to sleep in tomorrow. Like what's the problem? I didn't understand. <laughs> I'm horrible, but I didn't get it. So I got in the car and I called my best friend and she's also a blogger, Lauren Everett's the skinny confidential. And at this point she went into blogging with a business model. And I called her and I was like, what do you think I should do? Like, I grew up in a family where kind of like the idea was you go to college, you get a four-year degree, um, and then, you know, you go off and you work in an office and you get benefits and yada, 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 then you retire and you get a retirement plan. And that was just kind of like how I grew up. So mm -hmm. I called Lauren and I was like, what do you think I should do? And she's like, I think you should give it six months. And if you make a paycheck in six months, then move forward with blogging. And if you don't, then go back to an office job. And I was like, okay, I can do that. Like I could get like a little side, side hustle. So I started working in a clothing store and I kept blogging. And at this point I had so much more time to create good content. And my main focus was do it yourself. Like do it yourself fashion it was like when I started, that was like my main thing. And within, I think two or three months, I got an email from forever 21 and I got a partnership with them that lasted like, I want to say two years. Whoa. Then, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was like an ongoing collaboration and it was, that was like my big moment. So like I got a paycheck obviously from that and then they would regram pro like projects that I did. So basically what I was, I was a blogger for Forever 21. So I would create content for their blog. Yeah, they would repost things and that's kind of how I started getting a bigger following and that was like my launch point. And I never, I've never looked back, thank God, because I can't wake up before 10. <laughs> To be I know. I love that. But I mean, even like, okay. So I mean, even back then though, I feel like that was still so new having a brand ask you to like curate content for them. Like, I feel like that was, I mean, even now we're just now, I mean, the influencer kind of marketing is like booming right now, but you know, a year and a half ago, it was still very new. Yeah. And this was really new. And actually, I mean, at, since then, this, I think that when I got asked by Forever 21, this was like the big initial boom of blogging where brands were getting blogs, but mm. brands don't have blogs anymore. And Forever 21 doesn't have their blog anymore. But at that point it was like a big thing. And I mean, it was crazy. Like my mom, my, both my parents were shocked. They, you know, they had, it turned from them being like, this can't be a career. I don't really see how this could be a career to like, you go girl. I love yeah. that. Yeah. And I mean, like, I mean, I grew up the same way. Dad's like, look, go, go to college, go get a job, run the family business. Like, yeah, that's it. So, I mean, I totally get that kind of like mindset. And I mean, I've had to explain to Jim like 28 times, like what Instagram does. And so like, he still doesn't get it, but it's well, yeah. new. 
Yeah, I mean, my dad, my dad definitely still doesn't understand it, but I've definitely transformed my mom into an influencer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, she's hilarious. And now, I mean, both my parents, like they, I think growing up, they always knew that, I think growing up, they always were very fine. They were always very confident my sister was going to be fine. She was book smart. She was great, you know, and she is fine, but they just were concerned. It was always a little conversation in the back that like my seven-year-old self remembers, like, we're worried about that one. Like, what's <laughs> she going to do? Because I didn't like school, you know, it, and at that point when you're, when I was growing up, if your child doesn't like school, there's like, you're worried. It's a concern. But like now... I think as kids are growing up, they don't like school parents are like, oh, well, maybe they're going to be more left-brained and like we should really gear their education toward creative things. And, you yeah. know, they don't have to learn about AP or history or AP history. I don't even think that's a subject, but <laughs> they don't have to learn about that. They can, you know, take computer classes. So I think that when I became a blogger, my parents like, they kind of, although they still didn't understand it, it kind of clicked for them. They were like, that makes sense. Like she wasn't going to do, you know, she wasn't going to be like a professor or any of these things. Like this makes sense. She works on a computer. I loved computers. Yeah. And I mean, I, you totally kill it. And I think too, what makes you so interesting is that the things that you actually talk about, I mean, not only are you styling, you're on this forefront of fashion, but you also open up a little bit about your, you know, kind of personal life, like anxieties. And even the fact that, you know, you smoke weed and you have this awesome kick-ass Mary Jane diaries and now fashion kush, like tell us a little bit about being so real with your readers. I mean, I think that there like are two types of influencers. There's influencers who can post a photo of their outfit or their, you know, beautiful extravagant vacation. And mm -hmm. their their audience that they're building is built around kind of a like a lust for their life. Like you mm -hmm. know, it's more of like a oh my god, their life is so wonderful. How can I have it? You know, you and I follow a ton of them. Like, you know, you're just like, how are you doing this? This is amazing. And then there's influencers you follow who are like real talk. And both are good. Both are equally good. Both are equally successful. I just wanted, I'm not out there to be like, my life is perfect. Yeah. You know, I that's not the message I want to deliver personally. I want to be like, I'm the girl next store. I sleep until 10. I don't go to bed till two. I smoke weed at night. Like sometimes I smoke weed during the day. You know, this mm -hmm. is who I am. I have anxiety. Like I am all of you because I don't like this idea of like, is it inclusion? Like inclusion. <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know. Yeah. I wasn't good in school. Remember, uh, <laughs> you know, just like, you know, this is my life. You can't have it. I, I like the idea of like, you know, looking at an influencer and be like, you struggle too. Like I look at influencers who are 10 times the size of me. And like, I, you know, knowing that they struggle too in certain things makes this world feel a whole lot smaller. And that's like a really magical thing that you can do with in this industry. For sure. For sure. Well, and I mean, I love, like I said, I've always loved that you had this like really awesome realness factor. And even the fact that you touch on, you know, kind of mental health, like you talk a lot about, which I love and I think is so real for me as well, is the social media anxiety disorder. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, I think that like social media, my phone case right now says social media seriously harms your mental health. That's the case on my phone. Um, which is true. <laughs> which is so true. I just think like there's so many different aspects. And as you know, I get 
older and more involved in this industry and like have been doing it longer. There's so many different types of anxieties I have from social media. The comparison game, of course, how can you not look at everyone's lives and see like, you know, their life is perfect. Um, always as a kid or, and still now is you would look at a girl like walking by and you'd be like, I wonder what her life is like. I wonder what, like, you know, what does she do? What are her friends like now in this generation? You can find that girl. You can know everything about her. You know, you can compare yourself to her life and it makes you a nervous wreck. I, for example, I have, I've had anxiety since I was seven years old and have been on medicine since I was seven for anxiety. So I never liked travel. Mm. No, I love travel. I've never liked flying and I get really bad anxiety, anxiety about traveling. But when you're an influencer and you're traveling, there's also this added pressure to get the most insane content of your life. Like if yeah. you are on a vacation and you're not killing your content and yeah, but in the, in the midst of all that anxiety, I'm having anxiety about being away from home, missing my dogs, missing my mom, getting on an airplane, all of that. And it's just, you know, it's not the healthiest situation. Um, but there is, you know, there's so many plus sides to, to social media and to all of it. Like, I don't want to be completely negative. I've met so many right. people who have helped me with my anxiety, but I think that if you get too caught up in it, like, you know, I've started, unfortunately, I've started on following people who I love following, who I love their content because it's making me feel bad about myself. Yeah, so, I know it, what you mean. Yeah, and it's making me anxious. It's like, God, I try so hard to get, you know, that kind of content, but it doesn't look like that, and that's making me anxious. And my readers love the content I'm putting out, so why do I need to just, like, be freaking myself out? So I've been unfollowing people or muting their Instagram stories. It's just, like, putting your blinders on, because if you get sucked in, like, it's just bad. It's bad. I think it's bad for your brain if you get too sucked in. No, yeah. absolutely. And I love that you talked about, I mean, I do the same thing. I, I love the mute button, you know, like yeah. I put everybody on the mute button. <laughs> like, yeah. and it's not like a mean thing. It's, it's for you. It's for your own health. Yeah, no, but you do, you get sucked in. And I, I also love that you said, you know what, my, your audience loves the content that you're putting out. It shouldn't, it shouldn't be that you're getting upset about, or, you know, I'm not getting upset, but you're having this nervous feeling because you're looking at all these other people and you're going through this comparison mindset. You're going through this, I'm not good enough mindset. And you know, like your readers aren't even wanting to see that shit. Like you couldn't even, you could be talking to completely different audiences, but I, I get it. You're like, yeah. It still I mean, it's builds even up. Like if I look at an influencer and they've got a million followers and their photos are gorgeous and they've got, you know, 25 comments and you can tell there's something off. You're still like, you know, their audience isn't loving all those beautiful content. They made me want something more real life, but I'm still sitting there like, God, but this is such a great photo. Like why, why are my photos this great? But I can yeah. still look at that. I have better engagement or I have this or I have that. And it's just, it's just that comparison issue I think causes so many problems. And I am so, so so fucking grateful that Instagram was not around when I was in high school. Oh yeah. It so came out. Grateful. I think it came out my senior year or something like that. But I literally like it, and it, I mean the first really kind of, I got my feet wet with, with, with Red Bull. Red Bull's like, you got to put everything on Instagram. If you're going to work for us. You got to put everything on Instagram. And like, I don't know. I, I've even seen, you know, like I even have to take like social breaks. Like I'm have to like really practice it, especially with like, looking at clients, you know, looking at influencers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I mean, there's days where I go by where I'm like, 
fuck man, why didn't I just write a blog? Like, why didn't I, you know, like it's, it, and you totally get in that weird thing where you're like, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah. I mean, it's true. It's like, I think about too, like when I see influencers on vacation and I'm at home sitting on my couch in my pajamas, you know, doing whatever, probably stoned or something. <laughs> and I'm sitting there and I'm scrolling through all their vacation photos and I'm like, oh my God, these photos are so beautiful. I wish I was on this vacation. This is yeah. so cool. So cool. And then I just went on a two week trip to Europe and I'm telling you right now, if any of you think that like an influencer vacation is like just the greatest, most fabulous thing, it's not what you see. It is yeah. not what you see. We went to Positano and there's this like shot that everyone gets in Positano. And I was like, okay, we, that'll be easy. We could get the shot. Well, it's uh, 200 sets of stairs each way. And if, <laughs> and if you, and so we got, we go there and it's so busy. Like there's thousands of people. There's no way you're getting the shot. And Zach's like, these girls, Erica, are getting up at five in the morning and walking 200 steps down and 200 steps up to get this photo. And I'm like, fuck Stop. that. Fuck that. I don't <laughs> want to do that. I'm on vacation. I don't want to get up at five in the morning. And I saw one girl, she was taking that same photo and she had 10 boxes of pizza in her hand. So not only did she walk the 200 steps at whatever time in the morning, she somehow got pizza boxes at least, you know, as a prop. Oh and I'm just like, my God. Yeah. And I'm like, that, I, like, that is commitment and I am proud of you, but that's not my style that I can't like those 200 steps. We did it once. And I was like, "Mm, let's never do that again. So, you know, it's, it's, it's as glamorous as everyone wants to see on those seam on those tiny little squares, but what it is behind the scenes is a lot different. For sure. For sure. And like, I, I love, <laughs> I think that's what I love most about you. I think that's why I'm so drawn to you is because of this, of, because of you're so true to your brand. Like you are so true to Erica and to Fashion Lush and what you're going to do and what you're going to put out there. And I think it is really such a breath of fresh air because you just kind of, I mean, you just kind of stick with it. And I, I'm going to go into a couple different things, you know, talking about blog do and really kind of your design aspect. But I mean, Tell us, I mean, tell me a little bit about your kind of design background because you started this amazing company with Lauren called mm-hmm. Blogdo. And yeah. then, and you know, you, your design, you've designed for actually multiple bloggers, correct? Yes, we have. We've designed for um, over 200 now. Yeah. And so tell, I mean, like what got you into kind of the graphic design? Because it is, and again, it's very groundbreaking and it's very, very, just different. Like it doesn't look like everything else. It's not cookie cutter. It seems like there's a ton of coding that goes into the back end of it. Tell us a little bit about it. So I am like, just my nature is like a do it yourself person. I don't love, I know it's bad. And if I don't listen to a lot of self-help podcasts, but most of them say you need to delegate if you want to be successful, but like, I'm not a delegator. I'm, I like to be in control and I like to do it myself. Like literally I, I don't trust other people with my visions. So when I, back in the days of MySpace was how I learned how to code websites. Um, because you could code your MySpace account. Yeah. Um, but then MySpace ended and like that wasn't a thing with Facebook. So I kind of just when I started Fashion Lush, like it because I was doing it as a hobby, I like had time like had time just to play around. And I just played around just learning how to code again. Like I just taught myself how to code again. And I would just Google and research and you know, I would sit with people who knew how to code and show me different things. So that's how I got into coding and then gra- like 
graphic design, same thing. In, I went to, I went to school for fashion merchandising, so we learned, you know, Photoshop, Adobe Illustrator, all of those things. But we learned it in the sense of like designing clothes. Yeah. Um, so when I graduated again, it was like I knew the programs, but then I had to teach myself how to use them the way I wanted. So I would just I would just look up tutorials, like you know, I'd be like, okay, I saw something in a magazine, like. Uh, the font was like a like had a drop shadow. I'm like, okay, Photoshop drop shadow. How do I do that? And then I would just try to like recreate things I saw. And eventually I had my own spin on things. And I mean, if I was not a blogger, I would definitely be in graphic design or like web design, which is so nerdy. <laughs> no, I, I feel like it's like the same way though. I mean, like you, like when I, when we launched Ekka's marketing, I was like, shit, like I can't afford a website. Uh, okay, here we go. Like Squarespace, I'll walk me through it. You know, like you kind of have to, if you, when you want something and you want to do it your way. And like you said, like you got to stay true to your own vision because you don't trust yeah. anybody else. You and when I out. started like Fashion Lush, I didn't have a huge income. So it was like, if you wanted an epic site, you got to make an epic site. So I made my site and then Lauren was like, can you make me a site? And I was like, yeah, like, let's do this. So we made her like first good Skinny Confidential. Like her first, first one was done by someone else. And it was interesting. Uh, but <laughs> when I did it, like her first one, it was really great. And then we've evolved both of our sites since then. And Blogdo has done all of them. Um which, you know, blog do, we do have a team of people, but I, as far as design goes, it's like everything goes by me because I'm a psycho about it. Um, but yeah, so we were sitting in the DMV, Lauren and I, and we were working on our blogs on our computers and we were just looking at our blogs and then we were looking at some other blogs and we're like, God, like not in a conceit of him, but we're like, God, our blogs are so pretty. This needs to be more in this industry. People need to be care more about the design of their blogs. And so we just said, right then and there, let's start a company that designs beautiful blogs for people. And then that was really it. That was wow. the, the launch point at the DMV. <laughs> well, and even that, but you guys also provide so much insight and value on the blog and even like the Instagram, like you're micro blogging on your Instagram. Yeah. Like now, I mean, now we've got like a, a great team of like people who love the internet as much as we do. And we try to just provide as much value as we can through blog too. We now have an ebook, which is like I mean, unreal it's beautiful yeah. it's beautiful it's beautiful i've you know we've spent hours like year actually that ebook has probably taken us two years to launch because we just wanted it to be perfect and get all the right information in there and we you know there's so many questions about blogging that like we just wanted one place for everyone to go so blog do like our goal is to just make it really a blogging resource, like a hub. And that's like kind of the direction we see things going. Well, of course, still designing blogs. And now we do some websites. Websites we don't do as much because we really want to keep, we're just so involved in the blog world. Yeah. But, you know, we'll do some websites here and there. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So kind of moving forward, what is all your passion, Erica, behind, you know, Fashion Lush and the drive and everything that you do for blog do and yourself? I think that like my main passion starting out for all of this was just like the fact that I could like get my creative energy out there and not be giving it to someone else. Like I, I'm very like my, it's like, uh, how do I say it? It's my, it's like my creative energy. I didn't want to work for a company and give them all my creative energy. So I'm very passionate about the fact that I can use all that creative energy for something that's going to benefit me starting out. That was like my drive. It's like, I just need to be creative. This is all mine. Like, 
you know, this is just my dream. It was just like my dream being creative all the time, taking photos, editing things, doing DIY projects. Now, current day, like my main passion is my audience. I am so obsessed with them. I am so lucky. I feel like they're all my best friends. Like they're, you know, when my dog passed away two weeks ago, people, some of my readers were sending me gifts and presents. And I mean, just having that group of people, it's like unbelievable. And so everything I really do, I just, I don't care if this person, that person, or this person approves of it. I care that they like it. You know, my drive to create content for them. Well, I feel like that's such a testament to, I mean, I even remember when you, I think it was your friend's birthday and you're like, go say like happy birthday or something. The comments alone, dude, like. It was so awesome. I wanted to cry. It is like, it's powerful. (laughs) It's so powerful, you know, that you've totally cultivated this community, you know, just by, yeah, just by being yourself. I love it. So. Tell me, you know, we started Under the Influence podcast to really talk about the power of influence, right? Which I feel like you totally are tapped into, especially, you know, building this community over all these years and really, really, like you said, now even doing things for your audience. What do you, in your own terms, what does influence mean to you? So I think influence, like, I think it's any, I I can spot an influential person a mile away. Like there's something about someone who's influential that like you can, smell it like you just you, it's like if you look at somebody and you kind of like what what's the what are their jeans they're wearing and they're just like you know jeans like you've seen but like something about them makes those jeans like you need them so yeah. I think it's anyone you know really who has a strong voice obviously they need an audience like to be influencing you know there's influential people that you know don't have Instagram and I'm like god you could be so influential like <laughs> I meet people like I'm there's one girl and she's on Instagram and she does, she says I'm following, she's blogged before, but she is so influential. I literally have met her in person and I beg her, like I'm begging her, like, God, if you just, but she's got kids and you know, that's not her priority, but she's so influential. So I really think it's just, it's more than just posting pretty photos. Like everyone can post pretty photos. Everyone can wear a cute outfit. There's an energy about an influencer that's just in almost inviting and like just a way that you just, you just look, and I'm not saying that this is me. I'm, I'm thinking of people that, uh, that influence me on Instagram. And no, I know, but you you totally encompass all of this. I mean, well, outside you. looking in for sure. Well, thank you. But it's just like, there's people that follow like Sivan Ayla. Everyone follows her. I am so invested in her life. When is this baby going to be born? It's amazing. <laughs> like she's a very influential person to me. If she says like, this is the best foundation. I'm like, okay, I should probably get that foundation. So there's just an energy. And then there's some people that I love on Instagram, but and I love their content, but like where I see the influencing is on social media stories and like seeing the behind the scenes and like really seeing you. And so although these people are posting great photos, they're not offering that scenes point, point which really like drives home that influence, I think. I love that. No, I think you're so right. I think especially, I feel like we're all obsessed with like the real time aspect now. Mm-hmm. Where it's like we we do we want to see like, I like I have to tell business owners like a big part of now of like branding is bringing forth the team from a brand. You know, people yeah. want to see the CEO now. Like, I mean, maybe yeah. it's always been that way, but I feel like in the digital space more often than not. So I agree with that. I totally totally see that. Where do you see social media going? I think that like Instagram is the giant, like it is the giant. And I think it will continue to be the giant, but 
I would never say focus on one thing. Do not focus on one thing. I mean, the reason I have a newsletter and I am, and I'm always trying to collect emails is because one day, like my blog could just, I mean, the internet could die or not the internet. Cause then I couldn't access my newsletter, but one day blogging, my, yeah. my <laughs> but one day blogging could just be obsolete. And like, you still need to have that MailChimp newsletter because you need to keep that audience. Like you need to keep their connection. Um, Instagram could crash tomorrow. And then what would we all do? We'd go back to our blogs. So like, it's, it's just good to have your toe in each little social network um, because it is changing so quickly every day. I mean, IGTV, like, was that meant to take out YouTube? Like, I don't, you know, there's yeah. there's just so many changes that, are, that happen very quickly in social media. I think social media will forever be, like, it's, for, it's here. It's not going anywhere. We have yeah. instant access to everyone else's lives and people love that. I just think, you know, something I always do. And I actually think it was maybe Lauren told me, uh, that Michael does this. He checks the app store for, to see which social apps are trending. Maybe, I'm not sure she told me that. Somebody told me that to check the app store to see which social apps are trending because you know, that's how you could be a first, like the first one on the, the new cool thing. Like yeah. what was that one that came out not too long ago? The Vero. Vero? No, I thought it started with a P. Oh, maybe not. I just remember Vero. That's the one that like almost crashed everything. And then it turned out it was like super politically like weird. Oh, maybe it was that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe it was that one. And like people that everyone got off because they thought that the government was getting all their information through it or something. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Then it was that one. I thought it started with a P for some reason, but like still it's important because for me, I was a late starter on Instagram. And if I would have started Instagram sooner, I think that I would have a larger audience. Um, I was very hesitant and like just resistant at that point, but now I am the exact opposite. If anyone says there's a new app that you have to get on, just sign up and get on it and start doing the thing. And if it, you know, turns out like a barrow and the government's watching, then just delete it really. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, okay. If you had to give our audience an influential tip or, you know, a tip in social media or brand development or business, something that's, you know, within the influential industry, what would it be? I think that in this industry, like the most important thing, which we kind of talked about before is to keep your blinders on. Like if you are going to spend so much time looking left and right, left and right at what every other influencer is doing, it's going to hinder your growth. Um, I think that it's, you know, it's just staying focused on what your end goal is. So before you even go into it, like what's your end goal? Is your end goal to be the blogger who travels the world and lives this luxurious life that makes everyone jealous? Or is your end goal to be the blogger who's like down to earth and relates with her readers? Again, either is okay. They both do very, very well in this industry, but it's just knowing what that goal is and sticking to it. Because what I think happens with a lot of influencers is they try to continuously follow someone else's formula. And I've been there and I've done that before. I was like, you know, when I was starting out and I was scared to talk about the fact I smoked weed or like, it was really like this idea of like, you have to have this persona or, you know, all of the big blog readers, there was this thing going around years ago, all the big blog readers are from the Midwest. So you really have to like gear yourself towards the Midwest. Well, I am like not Midwest material. Like, you know, I'm fully like California girl. Yeah. So it's just like not 
listening to all that because if you look back at my blog and my Instagram, you can literally tell when I was being someone I was not. You can look at what I was wearing and see that I was being someone I was not. And all of that time, my growth was slow, 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 slow. And the second I dropped it and I put my blinders on and I was like, fuck this shit. I don't want to wear pink. You know, I don't want to wear pink flowers and this is not my vibe. The second I dropped that and was like, I am just going to try out this new thing, which is being a hundred percent me is when my growth picked up. So I think that really the thing is, is to just keep your blinders on, keep your eye on the prize, whatever that is for you and focus your energy on your audience versus what everybody else is doing because your audience is really the only people that matter. Dude, I love that so much. I love that you were just like, you just said it. Fuck that shit. Like, I'm like, I I got this. I got me. Like, this is what works. And I I mean, there was a point where I was like wearing floral print dresses and I looked back like, you know, (laughs) and then I would change out of the floral print dress and put on my cowboy boots with bike shorts and a Harley shirt. I was like, damn it. I look so much cooler now in that stupid floral print dress. Yeah. You know, I was trying to fit a mold that I thought would make me successful when really what would make me successful is dropping all of that bullshit. Dude, I love that so much. So tell us about, again, you're so cutting edge when it comes to trends. I swear I hear about apps from you. I hear about the amazing presets that you've designed, which let's actually, let's pause. Let's talk about these presets. So you literally designed your own Lightroom presets and there, I mean, I own all of them. Because I'm obsessed. And you do them so good. Oh God, I can't get enough of them. I love them. Um, Oh God, they're just the cold colors. I think it's too, I think that's why, again, I'm so drawn to you is because I don't fit the the dreamy feel presets. I'm very, I love the cold. The edgy, yeah. Yeah, I love it. So tell us about designing those. So I just like everything is like I have a vision and like nothing, you know, I have purchased presets before and I'm like, this is not, this is not what I was thinking or this is not the vision or the vibe I'm going for. So I just started playing around and like for, for years I've been just saving presets I've made or thought of selling them. Like I would just make them and then I would save them and I would name it like E1, E2, like just random little presets. So I would just save these to my computer. And then one day I was like, okay, let me refine these and like, see if I can get like a six, six solid ones. And like, when I'm making them, like, there's a smile on my face. I'm like, oh my God, this is so sick. This is so sick. I'm so excited how this looks, you know? And I, so I just decided to launch them and sell my presets. Right now I'm working on new presets. Woo! Yes. I'm so excited. Three different presets for each city I traveled in Europe. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Then they, cause so while I was there, I was like, it was so crazy. I was editing and making presets like while I was there. Cause I had a vision for how I wanted my photos in each city. Crazy. So I made, I made three presets for each city and I was editing live cause I wanted my presets to be a certain way while I was in each city. So like I had a vision before I left of like pos- like how I wanted my, my photos to look in Positano and I had mood boards like ready to go so that I could like start making presets on the go. Um, you do have to like do them on live photos, but that was really fun. And they are super edgy. They are a little warmer. If you look to me, they're a little yeah. warmer, but not in like the warm, like very, a lot of people are doing like very warm orange feeds right now. It's mm-hmm. more like more like warm in like a vintage way. I don't know how to explain it, but they sound amazing. They're going to be amazing. And I can't wait. I can't wait wait either. (laughs) I 
love it. I think Ruby is probably my favorite. And also because you named it after your, I mean, I'm assuming you named it after Ruby, right? I did. Because that's the one we use on Ruby's Instagram. Oh, her Instagram makes me so happy. I need to get Berkeley one now. (laughs) How is Berkeley real quick? Um, uh, we're struggling. He, uh, we're struggling. He's actually like totally the anxiety's done, which is amazing. No more separation anxiety, no more, like he's just very, very chill. So I think it was just coming into a new environment. And for those of you guys listening, I adopted a Frenchie and Erica was like by my side through like the whole thing. Like I was texting her in like the middle of the night. I was like, I don't know how to do this. And she's like giving me like all the 411 on Frenchies. Um, but he's okay. So he started off with a skin infection and now it's just seeming like chronic allergies. So we're now we're starting the food testing because we had to wait till his surgery was done from when he got fixed. And we had to give him some time to adopt into the new household and we've been doing a little training here and there. So now it's time for food testing. So we're going to get there, but he's down at the beach right now. He's living his best life. He's happy. Good. I'm so glad we need to, we want to get another Frenchie, but they do have skin problems, which is good to put on the podcast because everybody who wants a Frenchie, they're going to have skin problems. Oh man. It's like the, it's like the dog of Instagram right now. And I can't tell you how many messages I get a day from people. I just got a Frenchie and their skin's broken out all over. What do I do? And I'm like, oh. You're like, welcome to the life. Welcome to to Frenchie mom life. It is. Oh my gosh. But it's, I mean, it's good. I love it. I love being a dog mom. And we also have the golden retriever and it's just like, I swear I could like throw him into like a vat of toxic waste and you come out happy and smiling. We need to have a play date. He's sweet. He's the best. Okay, so okay, sorry. Back to things that are trending. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yes. So things that are trending. Tell me about like what is there any type of new like app or preset or like we obviously your presets, but like anything you're totally obsessed with right now, like in the digital space. So let me look at my phone while we're sitting here and see what apps. Like I have a folder on my phone called Film Apps. <clears throat> Ooh. Because I love like all every single photo I use is first edited with the presets. It's become like an OCD tick. Like I even if I'm like traveling on an airplane and can't get Wi-Fi and like I have a great photo and I could put a, a you know a Visco cam filter on it, I like literally cannot. I have to do a preset first. I don't know why. What's wrong with me? <laughs> But when I get my edited photos back onto my phone, I then have like my extra apps is what I call them, where like you can add like an extra element. So one that I really like is called Filter Loop. Ooh. And let me see. I'm going to put a picture on it now so I can like remember what I like about it. Um, Okay. So this one I think has the best grain and dust, not grain, dust. I think it has the best dust. And the best light leaks if you want, like, a film vibe to your cameras. Oh, another, I love that. Yeah, Filter Loop is one of my favorites. Um, another one I like is called Cooney, K-U-N-I. And you can add, like, a date stamp, which is kind of cool. Just, like, throw on a date stamp. It has some cool dust, and it ha- also has some cool light leaks. And then, what else? I love the app Unfold. Mm-hmm. which is for everyone's using right now for snap. It's main, it's made for Insta stories, but I like using it for Instagram. Um, because it's just like a cool, fun way to like mix up your photos. You can, it like, it just is like, 
kind of like Photoshop, but drag and drop kind of. You just like throw your photos in, it'll layer them for you. Some of them have like a Polaroid frame or a film frame, which is really cool. I'm trying to see if there's any other like great apps. I mean, Facetune is always a good one. I use, I use Facetune. Um, this is like the app for smoothing your skin and like whitening your teeth, but I don't necessarily use it for that. I don't smile in my photos, so that's not something I need to do. <laughs> um, smoothing my skin, of course, yes, that's a great app, but what I like it for is the whitening tool, which is what is for your teeth, but I'll use it on anything white in a photo to make it like bright white and take out any yellows. And then the details tool, I use the details tool in every single photo. So like I just posted a photo of my boots and they had a black buckle mm -hmm. and I just put the details tool over it. So you can actually see the buckle since they're black boots or I'll do my jewelry. Um, I think the details tool is really good if you have a collaboration with you know, a fashion brand or a shoe brand or a jewelry brand. Cause you can, especially jewelry, you can really make their jewelry pop. I think that's a great tool. Um, and then what else? Oh, Kira Kira. I put Kira Kira. Oh yes. I love Kira Kira. Kira I think you actually taught me about the white app or the using the Facetune for whitening. Cause I do that yes. all the time too. And I think I heard it from you. It's the best. It's so great. It's meant to be for your teeth, but that's, you know, you make do. <laughs> Um, Kira Kira. And then also one more snow, which is, a, I love, okay. I'm a psych, I'm a psycho app hunter. I think I, that should like be like a thing, <laughs> app hunter. So what I do is I go on, uh, the app store and I'll find an app like Kira Kira. For example, I know Kira Kira is a Korean or Asian app made in Japan, Korea, Asia somewhere. And so I'll look at the related apps. I only want apps that come from somewhere in Asia <laughs> because awesome. they are so freaking cool and cutting edge over there. So I look at Kira Kira and then I scroll down and I look at like related apps or apps by the same person. And then I download like 500 apps. Oh my gosh. I love, that's such a good tip is looking at the related apps. I feel yeah, like, so like cool. Yeah. So like there, there's one that I found, um, this is the Korean, uh, Snapchat and it's called snow, which a bunch of people referred to me. And I also found when I was looking for Huji as a related app. So I had this one on my phone and it's like, it's a very cool version of Snapchat. So I like to use it and then bring those into Snapchat because it's way cooler, but like a lot of them are not in English and I just kind of like make do or use Google translate. And I'm just like, I'm going to figure this app out. This is why you're my favorite person, Erica. <laughs> I love that you're just like, I'll just figure it out. I don't know. I'm just going to learn. I'm just going to learn Japanese just so that I can figure your app. Quick, <laughs> quick course in Japanese. You got it. Rosetta Stone, the shit out of it. You'll be fine. Yep. It's great. It's great. So okay. Great. So we're going to wrap up here. We're going to do a little rapid fire. Just some quick little questions. You've been okay. amazing. I feel like this has been so much fun talking to you. So, so much fun. I could go all day. <laughs> I know. I love it. This is literally what it was like at Create and Cultivate. I was just like so <laughs> enthralled by you and your mom. And it was literally, I was like, I don't even like, I remember like the speakers. I remember the whole experience. It was awesome. But I also remember a huge portion of just like watching around with you guys. <laughs> and then we let, and then we snuck out. And then you snuck out and came back. Weed. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> we snuck out to go smoke weed in my mom's car because they wouldn't let us out. And we were like, we are going to rebel against them. So we snuck out and we were able to somehow get back in to hear Kim Kardashian. Literally, I don't know how you did it, but it was amazing. <laughs> oh, funny. Okay, so what is, uh, what is like your go-to self-love wellness practice? Spark cycle. Spinning. Oh, girl. It's the only workout I've ever liked. I love, I, I love it. And I feel like for those that like don't live in San Diego, like Spark Cycle is like, I want to say it's similar to Soul Cycle, but I, I don't think it's similar to Soul Cycle. Like it, it really is its own, it, like its own spin class. Like it's amazing. It's empowering. They have great music. They have a great studio. The red and white aesthetic is everything. Like. Everything. I mean, I have done one other spin studio who I won't mention and because they were good, but they weren't spark cycle. (laughs) They just weren't like, I, you know, I, I, I don't have any words. Like I, I hate working out. I hate it more than any person you will ever meet. I literally am actually physically allergic to exercise. I break (laughs) out in hives. Since I was in high school, I broke out in hives every time I had to exercise. I don't know why, but spark cycle is like life changing. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what is, when you're going to have a cocktail, what is your go-to cocktail? Uh, a joint. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. <laughs> or like maybe like a, uh, like I'm so weird. I don't like alcohol that much. Like I would like a PBR or like a michelada, <laughs> like yeah. weird drinks. Like I, I just like, like either like a shitty beer or, but I prefer to just smoke weed. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a big fan of shitty beer. I'm a Coors I Lager love Walmart. shitty beer. I love, my boyfriend thinks it's so funny that PBR is literally my favorite beer. I know. It's so bad for you. There's like BPA in the can, but I don't care. It's, it's like, beer. oh my God, it's like the same thing. I swear it's because like, I, I don't even know. I like, I always joke because I'm like from East County and I'm like, yeah, Coors Light like runs in our veins or something. That's why we like it. Like it's yeah, just- I mean, it's- <laughs> I don't want like your fancy brew. I just want like a, you know, a $1 PBR and I'll be thrilled. I don't want your fancy brew. I'm going to say that. (laughs) Next time I go into a craft distillery, I'm going to say that to them. I don't want your fancy (laughs) brew. If you have PBR on tap, thank you. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. Um, what is your favorite awful reality TV show? 90 day fiance. Oh my God. I haven't even heard of that. It's the best show on television. It's the best show on television. It's horrible. Oh, it's the best though. The, the, the more, like the worse they are, the better it is. Yeah. This is like train wreck city. Like so many, it's about the 90 days that you have to get like your visa when you're from another country. So like you have to differentiate, does this person just want to be in America or are they really in love? And it is so good. Oh, that is, I'm going to definitely go home and DVR that. It's life-changing. Okay. Favorite social media hack? Um, using your stories to get engagement. Like to, you know, I think that people use their stories for a lot of things, but they don't use it to like really direct people back to their, their social or to their feed. So what I like to do is I like to just be like, and this is something I just started doing. I'll just be like, you know, like leave a, this emoji if you, um, agree or comment your favorite, uh, Kardashian. This was just me. I did yesterday. Comment your favorite Kardashian and I'll comment and leave this emoji and I'll comment on all of your latest posts. And you know, 
at first I was like, who the fuck cares if I comment on their latest post? No one's going to do this. Like, I didn't think anyone would care. And then people were like commenting and they, you know, and so then it was so fun for me because then I get it to, I get to really like go back and and comment on the people following these posts and get to see who these people are. And like, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, I always used to be like, Oh, I don't want to follow too many people because then I'm not going to be able to see what I want to see on my feed. Mm -hmm. But then I went through and I was like, I want to unfollow like all the people that aren't benefiting me. Like I told you that are making me feel insecure and just follow my readers. Like that's what I want to follow. So doing that and engaging with them has been really awesome. And it's increased my engagement in the return. Wow. Using your stories. I love that. That's, I feel like that's so, that's like, again, like going back to that realness of it, like, yeah, like that's, that's like benefiting you. But it's also like your readers are probably so much more engaged that you do things like that and that you actually have a relationship with them. And it's not just this one side coveting weird, you know, I'm following them because I'm obsessed with them kind of thing. Yeah, it's more of a personal relationship. And I love that they're comedy and that I get to go back and see who these people are. Like, this is so cool to me that I get to see who, like, you know, doing that and then putting a little fall leaf. It's like, I know that this person is like someone who is engaged in what I'm saying. And so then I go look at their feed and comment. And then we have, now we have a relationship. And that's like the relationships I want to build on social media, you know? Yeah. I want to tie, I like, I try to respond to every DM. I, try, I just think that's important. These people are spending their time on, like my life and my things, like I want to give that back to them because they're just as special. Oh God, I love you. I love that. It's perfect. <laughs> I, yeah. And I think that's honestly too, like, I, I, I hope we see more of that. I hope we see more of that transparency and, you know, like social media was built for, you know, being social and having relationships in the digital space. And I want to see it go back to that. Like, yeah, so badly. I- And I also think it's important everyone's bitching and complaining about the algorithm, which is a pain in the ass. And I agree, but Instagram's goal with the algorithm, and you have to think about this when you're posting your content is they want it to go back to being social and connecting. They're trying to punish people who aren't using the network the way it's intended to be. So if you're just sitting there posting photos and then going on with your day, your photos aren't going to get seen because that's not what Instagram wants. They want you to communicate. They want you to engage with other people. They want, you know, so that's the Mm -hmm. whole concept of this algorithm change is to try to get people to go back to keeping it social and not so much just about yourself, you know? Yes. You think you nailed it. I think you literally just answered everybody's, you know, questions about the algorithm. (laughs) Yeah. Just to be a normal person. Like, you know, it's like, there's no tricks and hacks and little weird things to do. Like there's nothing to beat the algorithm other than to just use Instagram the way you used it 10 years ago or however, eight years ago, you know, where you followed your friends and your family and you commented and you were engaged. That's what they want. For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, your favorite podcast right now. My favorite murder. Oh yes. You got me into it. And now literally me and Molly can't stop listening. It's (laughs) so good. We're going on Halloween. I know. I got it. I got my. I, you got your tickets. Oh my god, it's probably sold out. <laughs> or else we're dropping Ruby off, and you can babysit her. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> um, literally, Molly called me this morning, and her first question was, "If you were a stick of butter, what would you want to be rubbed on?" And I was like, "What the hell is this?" And she's like, "Listen to my favorite murder," and hangs up the phone. And I was, was like, "The <laughs> latest episode." See, I. I'm psycho about podcasts. I have to start from episode one and work my way up. So okay. there was like, there's been like 300 episodes. So I'm still on like 85. <laughs> it, but if I was a stick of butter, I would want to be rubbed on corn on the cob. Oh, see, she said sourdough bread. 
And I'm thinking that, I, I mean, I don't even know. I don't even think I answered. I was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. She's like, sourdough bread, listen to my favorite murder, hangs up the phone. I was love like, <laughs> I love them. They're so amazing. Those two. Oh, so good. Okay. So we're going to end on this last question, okay. but you seriously have had way too much fun with you. I always have way too much fun with you. And this is so fun. you're the best. Thanks for being so real. I and hope this isn't your longest podcast episode. It might be with that. I literally, I don't think people are going to not be able to listen to it. Like it's okay. perfect. Okay. Hi, people. Okay. So, hi, people. <laughs> so who is uh, basically, who was like the one person in your life that was like the most influential when starting your own business or brand? Definitely my grandfather. So my grandfather was an entrepreneur since day one. And um, he... He actually was the founder of the Dove Bar, which is really cool. The ice no cream. way. Ice cream, not the soap. Ice oh. cream, <laughs> not the soap. Not the Dove soap, the Dove Bar ice cream. Um, and just, he was always the person that I went to to like bounce ideas off of and like looked at as an example of someone who like really was just creating businesses left and right. Like that was just like his thing. And so he was just a good, sturdy example Um for me, an inf- a good influence for me. <laughs> Dude, I love that. And I, I mean, I love when we hear, like, I love hearing, like, that story. Like, I would have never known that. And I, I mean, that's so influential upon your life and having that role model, you know, to kind of guide you and, like you said, bounce ideas off of. I, I mean, that's what it's all about. Yeah. If you type in, let me see on my blog. I think if you type Fashion Lush the Dove Bar story. There's a really good story about my grandfather and why he is such an influence to me. So that's a good one to read. That's like my favorite, one of my top favorite posts I've ever written. So we'll put it in the show notes for sure. The Dove Bar story. Dude, Erica, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so fun. And I have one more thing. Oh yes. You had one question you forgot to ask, which was who is my favorite Instagram? And I just want to share because I hope everyone in the world follows her. Yes, do it. Indie Blue. <laughs> oh my God, I love her. Mic drop. Mic drop, Indie Blue. Oh, uh, okay, we're going to leave she it on that. She is so influential. Dude, she is the. I started following her because of you. I love her. Like, I want to cry how much I love her. Oh my God, have you met her yet? You need to meet her. No, I like send her messages. Like, she's <laughs> like a crazy person, probably. I'm like, I love you. Like, let's be friends. <laughs> Come on. She dyed her hair brown and I was like running in a circle like, yes, Indy has brown hair. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. Okay, perfect. Everyone, right. Indy Blue, go go say hi. Go tell her that Erica sent you. <laughs> yeah, maybe she'll want to hang out with me one day. You tell her I <laughs> Dude, I love it. Well, Erica, thanks so much for going under the influence with us. This has been so fun. Thank you. Now I'm going to get under some other influence. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Love you guys.